You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Aloha, Reality Ohana. Thank you so much for joining us for Digital House Church here at Reality Honolulu. Um, If this is your first time or you've been with us this entire journey of House Church or before that in person, um, a part of our church, we're just grateful that you are with us. Um, As always, a huge mahalo to our worship team for allowing us to enter into the presence of God and musically sing uh, and worship our God. On that note, we are going to be continuing in worship as we pray for our tithes and offerings. You know, this is all digital anyway. Um, The way in which you can give to the church and and donate and be a part of what God is doing in and through Reality Honolulu. Um, But we want to take a pause when we're watching this or listening to this as a church and just not only thank God for His provision, but pray that He would use these funds for the furthering of His kingdom here in Hawaii as it is in heaven. So why don't you join with me as we continue to worship with our giving this morning before we get into the Word of God. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you once again for this time that we get to pause in our homes with family and friends, listening, watching, allowing you to speak to us. And God, there's a lot going on in our midst, in our church, in this season of our church. And God, we want to um, just say thank you for your provision, for the way in which you provided thus far for our church. And God, we are expectant for what you're going to do. But God, we just say that with these funds, with these resources, uh, we just worship you with them and ask that you would use them as you see fit. You would lead and guide us as a church, how we can care for those inside and outside our church and minister to our community well. We pray for our time now in your word and as uh, we give some announcements and just spend the rest of our time this morning, we ask that you get all the credit and all the glory. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just want to make sure you're aware of some upcoming things going on in our church. If you weren't aware, just to make sure you're included before we get into the Word of God. And um, there's a lot going on, as you know, or as you may have heard, with our whole move to Central Middle School. And as we um, work towards getting back into Sundays and um, starting a lot of community projects and service projects. And um, also, one of the things that's been on our heart this year as a church, entering into 2021 and coming out of this COVID season, is we want to continue to be sure that we're providing you as a church with resources, with continued uh, resources and ways in which you can grow in your relationship with Jesus. Uh, more than just Sunday mornings, more than just uh, what, we, what we get here uh, from our time in Acts, um, but we want to offer what we're calling equip courses or equip classes. And we've, we did this two months ago. We're doing it again next Saturday, another equip class. And just in a few weeks here, we're going to be announcing some more equip classes this summer. But what they are, or what they have been, and what this coming Saturday, May 8th, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., three hours in the morning will be, is a continued course 
to better not, not only read and understand, uh, but apply scripture to your life. Um, we are going to be offering that again. If you came to the course in March, um, this is going to be the identical course. But it was that good. It was that fruitful. It, it bore that much fruit. We wanted to offer it again because the nature of the course is it's interactive. About a dozen people can take it over this crash course of three hours. And I cannot encourage you more. If you're a Christian or you just want to know more about how to dig into the historical context, the genre of the book you're reading, um, how, to, how to correctly kind of get the most out of the Bible, in rightfully so, you're rightly dividing the word, but not only that, but you're rightfully applying it to your own life and the world around you and having tools to teach it to someone else. If you're a new Christian or a seasoned saint, this course is for you. All the information is on the website. There is still some room in this class coming up. And be on the lookout because in June, we're doing a four-week course as well. And so anyway, just want to make sure you're aware and that you go. And that's why we're offering it again. So if you did not make it this last, uh, this last one in March, please try to make it for three hours this coming Saturday uh, for a quick course. Um, also, after that, just coming up in two weeks here, is our in-person worship gathering. Obviously, you know the season, we have not been able to gather weekly or even that much. And so every six weeks or so here, until we gather regularly every week in person, we are doing big gatherings, big large gatherings up at the Witty Home, where we did Easter and previous worship nights and Christmas Eve. And um, it's a way in which we as the church can gather safely in person. It's an incredibly beautiful place that we're going to be overlooking the city uh, and the ocean. We're going to be worshiping our God. Um, it's going to be, as always, coffee and treats and lawn games, and it's family-friendly. Uh, all the information on the website as well. But again, these are opportunities and ways in which as we move back to meeting regularly in person and all this that's happening goes away and uh, we can get back into it in the same way we used to, um, we want to make sure you're there and come and invite your friends and family and um, all that good stuff. But without further ado, for today, we want to continue our time in the Word of God in the book of Acts. We're moving our way through. We, today we are studying Acts 19 verses 8 through 22. Acts 19, 8, 8 through 22, picking up right where we left off last week uh, with Paul and um, with the disciples there in, in uh, the city of Ephesus. And the story continues in Ephesus. This is Paul's third missionary journey now, continuing to preach the gospel and share the good news of Jesus with those that do not know it. Um, Jews and Gentiles alike about this person named Jesus, the Messiah, the promise coming King that not only would save Israel, but save the entire world and forgive their sins and provide hope for eternity for them. And so what we see again is Paul picking up here. I'm going to go ahead and read it as always. And then I want to pull out a few things for us today. Um, and I pray God would speak to you through this text. I pray that we would see our text today as a blueprint. Again, it may not be descriptive right now. You need to do this. But my hope and prayer is as you read this historic narrative 
of the early church. This is a blueprint for us as Christians, as the church that's continuing in the world, how we might approach the world and live and function. And so as you read this, you have to remember, we are jumping back into a 2,000-year-old story in a culture different than ours, halfway around the world from us. But the way in which God used his people and empowered his people and what marked their lives should be uh, a blueprint for us to follow, to look at, to model ourselves after, after. And I'm hoping the book of Acts has been that for you. Me as a pastor, being a pastor like 15 years, kind of been in the church for a long time, it has been so refreshing for me um, to be in the book of Acts, especially in this season where church is not normal and kind of have to go back to the basics of like, what's this all about? What is the church all about? What is a Christian uh, supposed to do? How are we supposed to function? How are we supposed to see the world? and live in the world amongst all that's going on. And so, um, again, I'm going to read it and then pull out a few things. But Acts 19, verses 8 through 22, I'm reading out of the NIV. Uh, please follow along if you have a Bible. It says this. Paul entered the synagogue, and he spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way, so Paul left them. He took the disciples with him, and they had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Verse 11, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and, ble and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. After all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem passing through Macedonia and Acacia. After I have been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. Okay, so again what we see here is 
kind of this, it would seem, two-year period of Paul in the city of Ephesus. And he's really doing two things. This is what I want to point out and kind of where I want to drive it home today. One is, as always, he's going to the synagogue, the Jewish place of worship. And again, what he's doing is he's spending time reading the scriptures, persuading them with the word of God. He's communicating the truths of God, connecting them to the person of Jesus for the hopes that they would also believe in the truth that he has come to believe in. But what he's doing is, here, what he's doing over and over through the book of Acts, right? This maybe even would sound repetitive, and Paul goes to the synagogue and he reasons with them in the scriptures. But I want to point out something. If you're unaware or you didn't pick up on this, the word of God, knowing the word of God, living out the word of God, reasoning the Word of God, explaining the Word of God, and teaching the Word of God is tantamount. It is a large part. It is the foundation of who Paul was and what he did in his ministry and his life as a whole. I want us to hold that for a second, that he had elevated and valued the Word of the Lord to permeate every part of his life. It was his bedrock. It was his foundation. It was his plumb line in which he lived his life. And the, the saving, eternal truth was found in it. And he knew it so well that at any moment, over any period of time, he could communicate it and answer questions about it. I want us to hold that for a second. That's important. That's important. That we should be Bible people. We should know the Word of God. We should memorize the Word of God. It should be implanted on the tablet of our hearts, as the psalmist would say, that we should live and breathe its truths, that it would be the thing which dictates our life. It would be the plumb line in which we live, that we know what truth and error is in the world, how we're supposed to treat other people and view the world around us, and most importantly, the Word of God tells us who God is and who Jesus is. We know God through it, and we know our place in God's kingdom through it as well. It is so important that we're Bible people. But it doesn't stop there, and our story very much doesn't stop there, because we get these, um, I don't know for you if they were crazy, or they're weird, or they're amazing, maybe all the above. It says here that, verse 11, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. And it talks all about him. But I want us to hold that side by side with the Bible, with the Word of God, with Scripture. Now, there's a transition in the text to another really big part of Paul's life. And it's the Spirit of God at work in his life to not only transform him, to be more like Jesus, to be less like Paul and sinful, fleshly Paul that wanted to do his own thing, but now becoming more like Christ, becoming more like God. Not only that, but the book of Acts in its entirety is seeing for the first time the Spirit of God coming upon 
Christians, empowering them to see miraculous things happen in the world and the Word of God spread to the ends of the earth. Again, this, the book of Acts isn't just about a bunch of people believing in ideology and that ideology being so powerful that it motivates them to service. That's part of it. It's belief. It's faith. But if you've been with us, you know the book of Acts is the historical narrative of the Holy Spirit empowering normal people like you and I to do extraordinary, supernatural, miraculous things in the world so that God's kingdom would go forth, that many would come to know him, that people would would have no doubts in their mind that the God of creation, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross so that we would believe and be saved and be forgiven and have eternal life. That there would be no doubt about it. The Spirit of God is at work in his people and the, and, and, and the Middle East and Asia and into Europe is seeing this. I want us to hold that. As much as we just held the Bible, I want us to hold the Holy Spirit for a second and look at the profound nature of the Holy Spirit at work in Christians' lives. I will say this. When you're reading this right now, when I'm talking about the Holy Spirit moving in people's lives and you see the example of Paul today with like handkerchiefs and aprons all of a sudden becoming like magical somehow, and you just take my apron, whatever sickness you have, it'll be cured by just touching it. You're like, this is weird. Hold on, what's going on? Yes, this is the Bible I'm reading right now. When we read this, when we see that the, the, the demons are being cast out and people are being healed by aprons and um, uh, sicknesses and diseases and all these miraculous things happen. This is what I want to say about this. Some Christians, right, don't believe that this type of stuff can happen anymore. That, that might be called cessationalism. You don't believe the gifts of the Spirit are for today, or maybe the miracles of the Spirit like this are for today. Uh, many of our brothers and sisters in Christ don't believe that this kind of stuff happens anymore. Um, I do. Many of us do believe that God is still at work in the world in miraculous ways, and the Spirit of God is active, and the gifts are for today, and this kind of stuff happens. But I will say this, I do believe that God did this and can do any of this, but I, I don't want to bank that God is going to give me a handkerchief just like Paul and count on it, and all of a sudden anyone that's sick at our church, I can go up and come get my handkerchief and you're going to be, you're going to be healed. Some people err the other way and take this very literally and do this and unfortunately have abused it, right? So. Uh, there's televangelists you might have heard stories about where you could even buy a handkerchief from them that was had miraculous healing powers, just like Paul, and they would heal you. Uh, but that wasn't happening. Um, so when it comes to the Holy Spirit, depending on your upbringing, depending on your church background, depending on your experience, you may have grown up in a church that is maybe very active in the Holy Spirit, or maybe not at all. So there's some nuance there, right? But this is what I want to hold. Using this 
in a descriptive way as a model blueprint, not as a prescriptive that the same exact thing is going to happen and if it doesn't happen, we have some flaw in our faith or something. That's not what I'm saying here. But let's stand back and let's read this. Come out of the, come out of the weeds for a second. Let's look at the bird's eye view, the 30,000 foot view. Paul is all about the Bible and all about the Holy Spirit. And he kind of lived in the middle there. Right? And, and I think my experience of churches, Christians, uh, not only American ones, global ones, where you have right, many denominations, many forms of Christianity, and uh, many different flavors, so to speak. And what happens is, depending on our belief or our tradition or our denomination, we tend to, again, this is a blanket statement, not true for everybody, but you, you probably grew up in a more Bible-heavy church and or the other spectrum, a spirit-heavy, miraculous, charismatic, Pentecostal church. I'm not saying they're at odds. I actually don't think, and that's the whole point of this sermon here. But when you're reading this account in Acts chapter 19, you actually kind of see both. Oh, wow, heavy Bible. Oh, wow, super, super heavy, miraculous, spirit-filled, miraculous things happening. If you were going to look at any church today that you've ever had experience with, again, they're probably going to be a little bit more this, a little bit more that. Where do I think we should land, though? Where do we as Reality Honolulu want to land? Well, here's what, here's what I would say. And again, I want to be careful to say that if you're not doing this, it isn't necessarily like that you're in error. I'm just saying that that's just, I grew up a certain way, you grew up a certain way, that's our tradition. And I just want to point out though what happens here in Acts. And maybe there's a middle. What I would like to call the radical middle. And that's why I believe, at least for, for my upbringing and the reality family, at least the last 15 years, this has always been the place where I felt like we've tried to land. That's just us. It doesn't have to be everybody. It, and that's totally okay. But for us, what I see here is this radical balance that Paul has. He's very versed in the Bible and doctrine and theology. He is very aware of what the Word of God says. But he is very aware of the Spirit's work in his life and in the world. And he is no stranger to the Spirit of God working in miraculous ways and healings and casting out of demons. And you see what I'm saying? holding good doctrine. He's not letting things get out of control. But then he isn't just all spirit and no and no word of God. Or he isn't just all word of God and like, hey, I don't I don't know about the Holy Spirit. That's just just an area that's a little too scary, a little too nervous, a little too uh it's been abused before uh cuz you can you can go both those ways. And I think tendency if if I'm if I'm reading the world right and myself we have the tendency, because of our upbringing, because what's more comfortable for us, we have the tendency to err one way or the other. Ooh, Holy Spirit, 
what I read here, I don't know about that. I'm just going to stick here. Oh, Spirit of God, I'm all about it. I don't really know totally what the Bible says about it, but I kind of know. You're like, well, okay. Both could use a little work. My heart, my prayer for us as a church and as a people is to live into the type of thing we see here in the, see here in the book of Acts. Know the Bible. Walk in the Spirit. Have great faith to believe what the Bible says and have great faith to be uncomfortable with the Spirit of God moving, with its gifts and miracles, praying for big things, expecting God to heal, expecting God to cast out demons, right? Like to see miraculous things happen in the world, but in line with Scripture. And so I just want to challenge us. I just want to check us this morning. I just want to uh, point that out. What if the way forward was to be Bible people and spirit people and live in the radical middle? To have that balance, to be pursuing hard after God, to have faith to be used and faith to believe and being students of the word of God and being used by the spirit at the same, God, at the same time to see miraculous things happen. And so, church, we want to do that. We want to continue to grow in that. We want, to, we want to provide resources so that we would know the Word of God well. But also, we want to provide spaces and times and prayer meetings and worship times and, and allow the body of Christ to ask God for big things. To, we want to grow in being used by the Holy Spirit to see miraculous things happen in our midst. And again, what's the... What's the purpose of all this that happens in Acts? And, and why would we want to live in the radical middle? Well, what's the result of Acts 19? Like, you, you answer yourself for a second in your head. What is the end goal and what does happen because of it? Because Paul's persuading with the Word of God, because the Spirit of God is at work and doing crazy things, people are hearing about it. It's a witness to the world about who God is. And it says that the word of God is being widely spread. Verse 20. Because of this, the word of God spread widely and grew in power. But also it says, many believed. Many came to know who God was because of the Spirit's demonstration in the world. And if, and if you remember, this is no different than Jesus' life. You read the Gospels about the life of Jesus, it's exactly what's happening here. Jesus, Son of God, the Word of God, having a group, he's God, so he, he knows what the Word says. He is the Word. But then the Gospels, like the life of Jesus, is miracle after miracle, healing after healing, casting out demons, raising people from the dead, making food multiply. I mean, you name it. But why? Just for fun? Just for a show? No. What was the purpose? So that 
word would spread and many would see and hear of the power of God demonstrated and then they would have an audience and then they would preach the good news and many would come to know their God through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus did it. Paul did it. You and I now take the torch and carry on to the, the world around us by the demonstration of the power of God in us. Would see God, would know God. They would be reunited and redeemed with their Creator. They'd be forgiven of their sin. They'd be redeemed and set free. And they would come into loving union, into restored relationship with their God. You and I are a part of that. You and I get to do this. We are the privilege and honor to be used by God powerfully in the world so that many would come to know him. Church, let's do it. Let's live into this radical middle and see God work in our midst with our family and our friends and our workplace at Central Middle School in the downtown area on the island of Oahu in the state of Hawaii to the ends of the earth. Let's be used by God to see his kingdom come and his will be done. Amen? Amen. Let me pray and we'll enter into our time of worship. God, thank you so much for right now. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the reminder of the Spirit's role and the word of God's role in our life. God, help us to live in the radical middle. God, show us where we might um, lean one way. Show us where we need to grow. Show us maybe where we have an aversion to the Holy Spirit's work or maybe where we, where we need to know more theology or would you, would you make it aware where we need to grow? Maybe where we're fearful or where we're lacking. We love you, Lord. We pray that you would be exalted in our homes now in worship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.